This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This podcast contains mature content and listener discretion is advised. Also, be advised, we are not medical professionals and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to Mystery Team Inc. I'm Maggie. And I'm Kayla. And welcome to Mystery Team Inc.'s Halloween Part 1. Oh my god. So, Maggie, what what, what do we have to say for ourselves today? We are in a spooky, goofy mood. <laughs> and we decided, well, okay, here's the thing. We wanted to do something like this last year. And we ended up going in a different direction and we did Sleepy Hollow, which I loved. But it just felt like time. Yes. Um, we've been talking about doing something with this <laughs> IP forever. So today we are doing Twilight One, the Twilightning. <laughs> um, in honor of Twilight, we have both come in costume. Yes, we have. Um, would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay, so for all everyone watching, I am dressed as the skin of a killer. Um, for everyone not watching, I have covered myself in five different types of expensive euphoria grade glitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just give it a little twirl. Yeah, so you love can that. See. Does it look good? Yeah, it looks beautiful. <clears throat> Great. So this is my costume. Maggie, please tell us what you're dressed as. Um, I'm dressed as when Emmett inexplicably rides in the car standing up. <laughs> And holding his school books, and he's just like this. <laughs> I haven't known about that. <laughs> <Do you? Yes. laughs> oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Very well done. Thanks. We should explain how this is working. Yes. Um, I just copied the plot summary from Wikipedia <laughs> and didn't edit it in any way. Like, not even book report style, like, just change a few words so it's not plagiarism. Nope. Just straight up copy the Wikipedia plot summary, added a note because they forgot an important scene. Yes. We should suggest an edit on Wikipedia. Yes, we absolutely <laughs> should. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are working with the Wikipedia summary of the plot, which I'll say up top leaves a lot to be desired. Um, and then we watched the movie and we separately took notes. The film. Sorry, we watched the film mm-hmm. and separately took notes, and I have no idea what you found fault with, <laughs> but I know what I have to say. They're not all faults. That's true. Some of mine are pros. Some are cons. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start since you pulled this? Sure. 
So <clears throat> our story begins when 17-year-old Bella Swan leaves Phoenix, Arizona and moves to Forks, a small town located on Washington State's Olympic Peninsula, to live with her father, Charlie, the town's police chief. First note I have is Bella flies southwest. That's canon. <laughs> Second note I have is just the quote, I would miss Phoenix. Also, I have a note, which is that they open this movie with her standing in front of one cactus. Yes. <laughs> I love that, too. Which feels rude. I actually asked myself when I was watching this if they shot it in, like, the San Gabriel Mountains and just, like, wheeled, like, an ancient cactus out there for yeah, the shot. because it's, then, like, four. Yeah. But there was a moment in the tight shots where I was like, did they just shoot this, like, an hour outside of L.A. and bring, like, fly in some of those, like, hundred-year-old... Cacti. I wouldn't be surprised. Her mother, Renee, is married to Phil, a minor league baseball player whose career often keeps them on the road. And which will unravel the entire plot of this film <laughs> later. I have a lot of notes about the baseball. Oh my God, I can't wait. So, okay, so Wikipedia leaves out the whole part where she comes to Forks and like reunites with her father. Yeah. So I have a note on that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read to you what I wrote. Now, the way they choose to show that Bella and her father have not seen each other in a long time and that they don't connect is by Charlie pointing out that her hair is longer and her being like, I cut it since I last saw you. Now, I don't buy this. As we discussed recently, my own mother, whom I see at least once every two weeks, doesn't notice when I change my hair. And I know your mom didn't notice when you got bangs. See, that's true. I unironically love this line because as someone who has a father that I didn't see hardly ever who I didn't connect with, that is a very father thing to do is, is to comment really? on something that didn't change. Oh. I'd be like, new hair? And you're like, it's no. always been like this. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Okay. I actually unironically love that exchange. I revoke my note then. <laughs> Revoked. It's great. because Because it's not actually something that changed. He's like, your hair is long. She's like, I've cut it since I last saw you. Interesting. And that's like, oh, he actually isn't doesn't know because he, he goes then. must have grown out again oh i love that yeah it's actually okay, great. never mind I great job line. writers <laughs> there is only one writer on this film great job writer yeah who is it it is melissa jones who was an ep on jessica jones and <gasps> dexter oh i think for the most part the screenplay holds up it's the source material that's the problem <laughs> you can't really make something yeah. good out of like i i unironically love a lot of what happens in the screenplay. I just want to say, I love this movie. No, I do too. I think that, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think that they did something They did something. Fine <laughs> with something not good. Right. Like, they took the book Twilight, which inexplicably is like 400 pages long, <laughs> and they condensed it into a movie. And also, the amount of pressure they had on them, like yeah. the dreams of yeah. every 13-year-old girl yeah. in the world mm -hmm. were on their shoulders. And they kind of nailed it. It's also a movie for 13-year-old girls. Yes. You know? So, like, you have to, that's like, you have to keep that in mind when you're watching it. Yeah. But just really quick, we should talk about, have you seen that interview with Robert Pattinson where he talks about how he almost got fired? That's so funny. Like, I guess at some point his agent came into his trailer and he's like, whatever you're doing, stop doing it because they're literally about to fire you. <gasps> oh, yeah. my. I have something to say about that, too, which is that my first brush with Internet fame was when I was a 
sophomore or junior in college, and my friend and I created a Tumblr called Robert Pattinson Hates His Life. I remember that. And it was just like clips and gifts of him regretting publicly yeah. every decision he's ever made. Mm-hmm. And it kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you had early Tumblr fame. It was early Tumblr fame, and it was hilarious. I agree. I love that he almost got fired, though. Yeah. Let's see. The next note in the plot summary is, Bella becomes reacquainted with Jacob Black, a Native American teen who lives with his father, Billy, on the Quileute Indian Reservation near Forks. I have a note about this. Mm -hmm. Um, I developed a game for the whole series. It's called Rate That Wig. So here's my rating for Jacob's wig. How obvious is it that it's a wig? To me, I spotted it the minute he came on screen. Right. Bad. Fail. Is the styling at least Oh, is the rating pass or fail? Sometimes. (laughs) Is the styling good? No. Four out of ten on this wig. Also, another note about this scene is that I love Charlie and Billy. I think they're the stars of the movie. They are the stars of the movie. They steal every scene they're in. And then I wrote, make a movie about them cowards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I love them. I love them too. So the next Wikipedia plot point is, she makes friends at her new high school, but finds the mysterious and aloof Cullen siblings particularly intriguing. I wrote, I have never seen a character serve a narrative less in my entire life than like this first person she meets at school. Who? This kid, that's the first one who's like, let's put you in the feature about being a new student at school. Eric? Yeah. He's featured in the rest of the film. He's, I would love to hear how he serves the narrative at all. Don't worry, I have notes about it. <laughs> how he serves the story? Yep. These guys couldn't all have been one fucking friend? No. Okay, I'm excited. You're to hear ignoring about it. an entire subplot that is crucial to the film. Is we'll it about get to it? Okay, great. I have a note about this, which is I will never understand why they chose to enroll in high school. I know they explain it. I don't buy it. And also, if I was a vampire and I was trying to hide it, I would not hang out in the cafeteria at lunch with my conspicuous incest family because the worst time to pretend you're human when you're a vampire is when you're expected to be eating human food. It's true. I think we're all on board that there's no reason why they're in school. No reason. Um, this is a whole. I have setup. a question. The movie does not make clear at any point what the other kids think of the Cullens, but it talks around it a lot. So, like, everyone will say things like, those are the Cullens. Everyone knows them. And Anna Kendrick will be like, they're an I- a creepy incest family. Don't try asking them out. I already did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, do you guys think they're cool or are you scared of them or not? And then, because here's the thing, then throughout the whole movie, everyone's like, and fair assessment, they're like, that guy's kind of creepy the way he's always staring at you and whatever. But then they like get together and he gets out of the car in his Ray-Bans and everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> I have a note about that scene. So what do they think? Like, do the kids like them or Unknown. not? I don't think any of those characters are meant to be three-dimensional whatsoever yeah anytime they appear three-dimensional it was by accident the thing that i like most about the introduction of the cullens is that they're each walking exactly 20 steps ahead of each other (laughs) 
And since Edward doesn't have a sister girlfriend, they make him walk alone. <laughs> like they couldn't just walk in as a family. No. They have to walk in in pairs. Like it's exactly like at a 20, wedding procession. Yeah, like exactly 20 steps ahead of each other. And then Edward has to come in by himself. I think that everything that they do is for the capital D drama. Yeah. If I, I was like a vampire, that's what I would do. If I was 400 years old and for some reason had to be in high school, I would do everything <laughs> for the drama. Yeah. But and to, I would be super mysterious, as we know I'm incapable of doing. Right. So in my fantasy, I'm just like a secret vampire doing ever like just being like <laughs> walking in slow-mo, glittering. Yeah, if it were me, I would wear a cape. Like, I would not even be trying to hide the fact that I was a vampire. You would do a What We Do in the Shadows style vampire. And I would be that girl. I'd be like that goth girl that everyone's like, she's a vampire. And I'm like, I'm just goth and you guys are gothist. But like, actually, I'd be a vampire. (laughs) Just like hiding in plain sight. I would go, yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Bella is seated next to Edward Cullen in biology class on her first day. But he seems repulsed by her. I think this is pre-Robert Pattinson getting talked to about his acting. I agree. I couldn't tell you when he was talked to about his acting. (laughs) There's no moment in this film where I'm like, that was better. I think, I mean, I'm sure it probably was not shot in order. So who's to say? But then we go to Luke's diner so that we can introduce more characters in the running for most purposeless existence. And so Kristen Stewart can use the ketchup bottle like a salt shaker. Um, hi, sorry. This is the first note I have. In the diner scene, nobody was pouring or shaking any seasonings or condiments out of anything. They were just waving bottles and containers around. Okay. The next note I have is I just love Bella's Nokia 7360. And I also tried to figure out a way to dress up as that. This slidey mm-hmm. phone. Yeah. So... There's a lot of stuff that happens between that plot point and the next plot point. Mm-hmm. So I have some things to say. I have more to notes, too. Okay. Go ahead. My next note is about the Cullens arriving in the Jeep. Okay, great. Which I am dressed as. <laughs> Which you're dressed as. I said, the Cullens drive a giant Jeep and they arrive to school standing in it. Why are they so conspicuous? <laughs> I don't get it. They have multiple cars. I, I have a note about the cars, <laughs> too. But it's just my favorite like, thing is Emmett, and he's holding his book. <laughs> he doesn't have a backpack. I will never. He's such a. I don't have a backpack, kid, though. But, but he's, does he have to hold them while he's standing in an open air vehicle? Like, uh, did I not just how say how fast were they driving? Everything you they can't do put is those for the on drama. The seat. It's all for the drama. It's dangerous. They're immortal <laughs> beings for made other people. Of marble for other people. Because <laughs> if those books fly out on the road. And they like land. What if they land on your car like this? He's and a- you can't see. <laughs> then you're learning. <sighs> okay. Are we getting to the most conspicuous line of the entire film? I don't know. That's my whole note about the school arrival. I think we're now at Sup Arizona. How you liking the rain, girl? <laughs> oh, which I almost also dressed <laughs> as, which would just be this without the vest and the the kanga hat. Oh my god. So good. My favorite line. I love that this man fully just asked her to prom or whatever, and she didn't even acknowledge him. She just walked away so that she could stare at Edward. Yeah. This is the point at which the most purposeless character asks her to prom. Yeah. Um, This is the plot line that I feel is... um, Integral somehow? Yes. And I keep track of it. The the prom asks. Don't worry. I have a running No, yeah. It's it's like the deep plot, but I just feel like it's not necessary to the story. You're wrong. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's the part that I was most invested in. Oh, like as a teen? Yes. Or, no, or now. as an adult. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great. The interworkings of teenage friendships is fascinating to me. 
because our teenage friendships were not normal. No. The next day, that guy gets killed. Okay. The guy from the diner. Waylon. Waylon. And Charlie says, I'm going to be late. Some guy got killed by an animal. And Bella goes, an animal? As if she's never seen an animal. Mm -hmm. And he says, you're not in Phoenix anymore, Bella, as if there aren't animals in Phoenix. So I looked up the most dangerous predators in Phoenix. Okay, I'm excited. Here's what they are. The Gila monster. That is an animal. The killer bee. A type of scorpion. Multiple types of snakes. A poisonous toad a centipede, and black bears. Maybe there aren't animals in Phoenix. Oh, there's bears. Yes. But until I got to the part that said bears, I was like, oh. Yeah, oh. There are not animals (laughs) in Phoenix. Yeah. But at the end of that, I wrote, oh, and black bears. Who has animals now, Charlie? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. After a week's absence from school, Edward returns and socializes normally with Bella. Normally, first of all, flag on the play because that's not normal. Yeah, I wrote, this says socializes normally. I would not categorize any part of this as normal. It is so bizarre. Neither of them are equipped to speak to another human being. This scene is so unhinged. I do not understand it. The narrative arc is insane. I'm so uncomfortable. They both talk so weird. This is as I was watching it. This is horrible. I hate this. This scene is so long. Also, it's not complicated why she moved here. It's one sentence. I can't. Also, how is it that they got the golden onion? I they are the most awkward, slowest people on earth. I could have identified an entire onion worth of cells in the time that it took them to have that horrible conversation. This is that's very similar and also the opposite of my takes because I wrote Edward says hello. Like, have you seen that episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns is an alien and he comes out and he's like, hello, children. That's oh, he goes. Edward. He, she sits down. Edward goes, hello. <laughs> And then I love the golden onion. Not in the books I learned. Really? Yeah. Um, that seems like why would you make it up then? It's clearly doing a lot of work in this <laughs> film because she has it in the next scene. But they <laughs> they were not motivated by a desire to obtain the golden onion because no. they only identified three fucking cells. Correct. I wrote, what traumatic memory is she reliving when she says, any cold, wet thing? <laughs> It's so trauma. Yes, I wrote, the true. dialogue in this scene is good. It's just the weirdest delivery. Because the dialogue actually is, hello, hello, why'd you move here? My dad or something. <laughs> is this an onion? It's planaria. Like, this, the actual dialogue is fine. But the delivery is like, like it's just so, uh, my like, stilted. How the fuck did they win the contest? Was it not based on speed? <laughs> uh, are we at the locker scene after class? Go ahead. I've never seen someone blink so many times in my entire life. I tried to count it and counted 24 blinks in that like seven line scene. Unbelievable. And I love that he goes, she goes, did you get contacts? And he's like, no, it's the fluorescence. And just fully and walks away like this. And she's like, (laughs) it's not mysterious. He's not like, it's the fluorescence. Like, he's like, it's the fluorescence. It's the fluorescence. (laughs) I'm like, did he just poop his pants? This like, movie what's is happening? flawless. Okay. A few days later, she is nearly struck by a skidding van in the school parking lot. 
Edward instantaneously covers a distance of over 30 feet, putting himself between Bella and the van, stopping it with only his hand. I have no notes about that. My favorite thing about this is that he gets there by moving faster than the speed of light. (laughs) But then he just like hippity hops. (laughs) He like hippity hops over the truck. And like get away. (laughs) (laughs) And like rolls down the ravine, I assume. Like there's no that's so funny. I didn't really I'm gonna cry. He like I am he like gets there faster than the speed of light. And then <laughs> when he has to escape so the teens don't see that he did superpowers, <laughs> he just like hippity hops into the bed of the truck. He also goes the ha- harder way out. It's like and then the he like guys. and then he's like hops onto a hill that is like a direct drop onto a street below, and I assume he just like rolls oh, down it. Unbelievable. Oh my god, so funny. So my next note is about the hospital. Okay. So Bella goes to the hospital. She's like, I'm fine, dad. Yeah. And that black kid is like, I'm really sorry. Like milking that scene. Like, good for you, dude. Get your screen time. This is what I wrote. I cannot believe they fail to mention that this is when we are introduced to Carlisle. His entrance Mm -hmm. was so good. He entered that scene like he was the bad business fiance from the city (laughs) in a lifetime Christmas romance movie come to ruin the day by interrupting a meet cute between the city girl lead and the small town romantic interest. Like if you took that and put it into a lifetime Christmas movie, I would not notice. It was phenomenally well done. It's also the shot is great. It's like, yeah, like we're tracking him like yes. as he's like and I love his bedside manner where he he like it's his first time seeing her because he's like I heard that like ch- the daughter of Charlie Swan was in the building or whatever yeah. and instead of doing anything doctory he's like you're probably fine and then just walks away like yes. he doesn't like he's not like are you okay like how are you feeling like no. are you having any like concussion symptoms I mean he does do the eye thing but he doesn't like check on her at all he's no. just like looks like you're gonna be fine because of my magic vampire son um, I, and at the end of the hospital scene where Edward is gaslighting her, I just wrote, this guy is such a douche. I swear to God. Oh, I have a whole note about it. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So the Wikipedia line is he subsequently refuses to explain his, ac- his actions to her, warning her against befriending him. I have another, most of my notes are a stream of consciousness as I was writing it. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, not only does he refuse to explain, he totally gaslights her. I'm furious. Also, the stakes that they acted in this scene were way too high. (laughs) Honestly, if I didn't know anything about this movie, I would think that this was a horror film about how this family are serial killers who keep women in their basement and that Bella is their next victim. 100%. I think that you're definitely onto something because the next scene is her dreaming of Edward, but he's actually in her room. 100%. And he's, it's my favorite thing, it's one of my favorite shots in the movie because it's a whip pan to him standing in the corner exactly like the picture of him in a tracksuit. (laughs) <laughs> and he's just standing there like this I love the way almost that as you, if he's riding in a jeep standing up you every time you imitate Edward <laughs> you stand like this and it's true he can't it's like you know those bodybuilders who can't put their arms yeah. down it's like he thinks he's but he has the space to put I his arms down I think it's maybe because he has all those pea coats on <laughs> so at this point I have this note also, Wikipedia has kept out the entire subplot of people <laughs> because it's trying not vital to the story. <laughs> you're wrong. Of people trying to get dates to the prom. This is just as important, so I will keep track of it. 
At this point, Mike asks Bella to the prom. They're standing in the parking lot, and Edward is lurking behind them, behind Mike, making a face at Bella that I truly do not understand. (laughs) (laughs) And then I wrote, what did the director tell him his actor thought was in this moment? I have no idea. Now we get to the greenhouse field trip. Okay. Okay. I have a note about this. Is it it him giving her a worm on a stick? No, it's prom related, obviously. Okay, great. So at this point... On their field trip to the greenhouse, we learn that Mike has asked Jessica to the prom. Jessica has said yes. She's thrilled. Bella tells Jessica that the two of them are great together. She is a good friend. Mm -hmm. That's my note about the prom. Okay, great. Um, I like when they're leaving the field trip and Edward is like, I decide when the bus is full. (laughs) Oh, also there's a scene. Sorry, our bus is full. It's not. You're not the bus driver. You don't get to decide yeah. when the bus is full. There is this part where, so Edward seeks Bella out, even though she's at this point actively avoiding him, and he says, we shouldn't be friends. <laughs> and she says, you should have figured that out a little earlier. As if they're really good friends now. <laughs> even though all of their interactions have been, at best, polite small talk, and at worst, outwardly and publicly antagonistic. <laughs> There is no part of me that thinks that they are at all friends. No. They're not even friendly with no. one another. No. Okay. Are you going to say anything about um, them going to lunch the next day or the in the cafeteria? Scene? Oh, when he recreates the cover of the Twilight book? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I described it as Edward does a circus trick ending in the book cover <laughs> and then engages in some classic abuser and groomer behavior with... Quote, it would be smart for you to stay away from me, even though he's the one who is constantly seeking her out. I wrote, if a 22-year-old man follows you around your high school and says this stuff to you, you need to report him. Report him. To a person you trust. Yes. At this point, the teen squad invites Bella to La Push, which is the beach at the Quileute Reservation. She invites Edward. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't. He's like, which beach? (laughs) Also, I wrote, I really do not understand this relationship at all. Like, what do either of them even want? Yeah. Okay. So now the friends are at the beach. Now the teen squad is at the beach. I wrote, is this the movie where I learned how to be a strong, independent woman? Don't even worry. I have a whole note about it. Okay. Prom update. Glasses girl tells Bella that she keeps thinking Eric is going to ask her and he, quote, just doesn't. So Bella pulls an early 2000s female protagonist move and encourages Glasses Girl to just ask Eric herself. Mm -hmm. She's a strong, independent woman. She's a good friend, yeah. This is how we learned. Also, (laughs) I wrote, Jacob and his friends arrive. His wig is hidden by his beanie. This is smart. (laughs) (laughs) Anna Kendrick's character then calls her out for inviting Edward in front of them, (laughs) which is not very girl boss of her. It's kind of rude. Um, Anna Kendrick's character is classic, like, girl boss yeah but i don't like that she's like no she tried to invite her boyfriend but he didn't come yeah this is like um what's the woman rachel who got canceled for being too girl boss yeah rachel hollis rachel hollis anna kendrick's character i guarantee you grew up to be like a um a less popular rachel hollis yeah I didn't write anything about this. I just wrote the line, you caught that, huh? Because I don't even remember what it refers to, but it's literally her being like, so you guys are werewolves and they're vampires? And he's like, you caught that, huh? Like, I have a whole thing about that. Okay, great. So the Wikipedia plot point is, Jacob tells Bella about a longstanding animosity between the Cullens and the Quileutes. 
and says the Cullens are not allowed on the reservation. Completely leaving out (laughs) the best part of the books, which is the long, long explanation of what's going on. But basically, he says that his tribe is descended from wolves and the Cullens are supposedly descended from what he calls an enemy clan. And there's a flashback, and I wrote, based on the flashback, it might have been a clan of carnival barkers, maybe. <laughs> the outfits are unreal. Um, I like that the flashback is, like, I assume to, like, 1904, because they're wearing a fedora and, yes, like, a big neckerchief. They're wearing, like, I could not figure out. It's supposed all to be, like, different time ti- periods. Yeah, it is. That's true. <laughs> which is why I thought carnival barker. I also, you're skipping my favorite line in the movie, which is where he goes, did you know the Quileute supposedly descended from wolves? And she goes, what? Like, wolves? <laughs> I can't understand, like, what characters in this film choose to take seriously yeah. and what they don't, like... Uh, where does she suspend her disbelief and where does she not? Yeah. I guess she never is in disbelief. And that's part Except of the Except when she says, what, like wolves? <laughs> or she's like an animal? Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically the chief at the time found the Cullens hunting on their land. And they created a treaty that the Cullens would not hunt on the lands and the Aquilutes would not reveal them to be vampires. Mm-hmm. Which feels to me like they could just reveal you to be werewolves. You already have bargaining chips. Mm -hmm. Jacob then implies that the Cullens just moved back into town. But then he's like, it's just a story. He's, yeah, he's like, or just, she's like, I thought they just moved here. (laughs) And he's like, or did they just move back? Thank God they're covering his wig because I couldn't handle both (laughs) of those things. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Um, and then, so we do talk about the sexy vampires later, but this is when they're introduced. And I wrote, Wikipedia leaves out the intro to the three sexy vampires that would definitely sit at your table at a restaurant. And then at the end of the meal, this you're a server, at the end of the meal, ask you for your number so you guys could have a foursome and then also tip you 100%. Yeah, they are. I've met those people before. They're nice people. They are. They tip really well. Yeah. And it's always the, like, girlfriend part of the three that gives you their number. Yeah. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> I didn't even put makeup on today. I'm, I'm just, just covered in glitter. I'm. T- <laughs> this is the skin of a killer. <laughs> okay. Apropos of nothing I wrote, I want my black MacBook back. This was giving me, like, insane 2008 oh nostalgia. Ugh. It really was. So. The next note I have is about prom dress shopping. Okay. Do you have something before that? I have a prom update. Okay. So the next day at school, this is very important in the book. It's the first sunny day. I vividly remember this scene from the book. Jessica expositions that the Cullens are never in school when the weather is nice. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Their parents apparently take them out for, quote, hiking and camping and stuff. I love that she's like the resident expert on the Cullens. Of course she is. He's never said a word to you, but you know all of this stuff. Of course she is. That doesn't surprise me at all. She's the nosiest bitch in town. Mm -hmm. And I love that for her. We get an update. Glasses has asked Eric to prom. 
He said yes. Another point for feminism. (laughs) Feminism wins again. Yes. I wrote about this. I said, the girls go to Port Angeles to try on dresses. Bella tags along, is very unhelpful, then tells them she, quote, actually just wants to go to this bookstore and then leaves. My favorite line. Unbelievable. Yeah. I would be furious. Um, I wrote, <laughs> nothing gives me as much serotonin <laughs> as when that fucking Volvo sedan comes screaming around the corner. Oh. And then when it blasts off like the Fast and the Furious ride at Universal or um, the dancing cars at Universal Studios yes. where they're like, pew, pew, pew. It's, I have a note about this. I'm like, so, you couldn't have brought the Jeep for this? Listen, <laughs> this is important. I'm not kidding. Yeah. So in the books. <laughs> yeah. Stephanie Meyer mentions the make and model of Edward's car specifically multiple times. And I could not tell you why. Maybe she was in love with and rejected by a man who drove this car. But she says, like, it's a blah, blah, blah Volvo. Edward gets into his whatever Volvo. And I looked it up when the movie came out, and it's that fucking car. Yeah. And they went out of their way to get Clearly it's important to his character somehow, but I have no idea how. I don't know why, but it's straight from the book. So... Bella gets assaulted by some white men. (laughs) I don't know why I specified. But she gets assaulted by some white men. Edward, like, screams in Fast and the Furious Universal tram ride style in his very specific Volvo. And then they're driving away. And he is, like, in a rage that would terrify me. Yeah. And I, again, this is a moment where I was like, if I didn't know, I would yeah. think this was a, a horror film. It is, yeah. They go to dinner. Mm-hmm. I have a note about the dinner. Go ahead. Which is that there's two things. One is I hate moments in movies where a girl like knows a math thing, mm-hmm. and the guy like is like, "You're different from other girls." Mm-hmm. She knows the square root of pi. Mm-hmm. I'm not impressed. You guys won the golden onion. If anything, I would be like, you should have gotten that faster or known more digits of it than I did. I'm not impressed. And also, this scene is the epitome of the acting style in this film, which is what I'm calling exhale acting. Mm -hmm. Every line (laughs) is like this. They're, first of all, so uncomfortable. And she's like, aren't you going to (laughs) eat? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, it drives me nuts. I like the line, I tell you I can read minds and you think there's something wrong with you because that is actually the tagline for like all narcissistic fuckboy relationships. Yes. Like, <laughs> if you're ever in a relationship where you're like, am I being manipulated? If that applies to, if that line applies to you, like he told you he can read minds and you think there's something wrong with you because he can't read yours, mm-hmm. you're in an abusive relationship. Yes. Like I want a t-shirt Absolutely. that says, I tell you I can read minds and you think there's something <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> Unreal. So they get in the car. Their hands touch. Mm -hmm. His hand is so cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They pull up to the police station. Both of their... Why are the police sirens on if they're at the police station? Drama. Maybe they're in such a rush to, like, regroup. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they were arriving back to work, right? Or were they about to leave? No, because they were at the site where someone died. Carlisle has already examined the body. Where he did this, I don't know, because typically that ME examination happens in a morgue, and they're at the police station. He's also (laughs) at the police station for some reason. And all of the cars have their lights on, all the the cop cars. 
I don't have an explanation. But we learn that there has been another animal attack. At this point, Charlie introduces Chekhov's pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're leaving, Bella has Sherlock-style flashes of like things she noticed about Edward, mm-hmm. including that he wears contact lenses. <laughs> <laughs> After much research, much is doing a lot of work here, Bella mm-hmm. concludes that Edward has mysterious powers that resemble vampires. Yeah. I wrote this research montage actually rocks. Yeah. I love it, unironically. It's interesting that she had so much access to so much like ancient information on what has to be Windows 2000. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed. Yeah. I loved it. I did too. No notes. No notes. Then they're at high school and she just walks into the woods, which I also love. Yeah. Um, I have some great news. Mm -hmm. I did take down word for word this exchange, the most important exchange. Perfect. Um, I'll read it. Thanks. I'm going to try to do Kristen Stewart acting. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. She goes, you're impossibly fast (laughs) and strong. Your skin is pale white and ice cold. Your eyes change color and sometimes you speak like you're from a different time. I wrote, does he? Yeah, (laughs) no. You never eat or drink anything. You don't go out in the sunlight. How old are you? And he's behind her and he's 17. How long have you been 17? A while. I know what you are. <laughs> Say it out loud. Say it. <laughs> Vampire. <laughs> I just wrote why, why, why. <laughs> it's one of the best I love it. scenes in the movie. Um, so then he, he, he runs, like he like appears magically. And when he runs, like my hand spontaneously went like this. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, it is Go. Like, nice. Nice. Um, I described this as him standing in a fern gully beam of sunlight. Yeah. Well, first he uproots a tree, which I said is not very environmentally friendly. No, no. So he stands in the sunlight streaming through Mm -hmm. the trees. He opens his shirt. Mm -hmm. I'll do it because I'm glittering. (laughs) He turns to Bella slowly. His skin glitters in the sun, (laughs) as I wish mine would, I wrote. And he goes, this is what I am. And she goes, it's like diamonds. (laughs) You're beautiful. And he goes, beautiful? This is the skin of a killer, Bella. Yay. And then I wrote, this is truly so weird. I do not understand why he behaves like this. I love it. And he goes on a rampage and like throws things around. This is when he explains that I wrote Bella when someone tells you who they are, believe them. <laughs> then we get, so the lion fell in love with the lamb. Mm-hmm. We then get to what I consider the most important part of Twilight canon. Mm-hmm. Which, which is... is- the most iconic line in the entire series. Go ahead. I unfortunately, for some reason, knew this by heart already. About three things I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was a part of him, and I didn't know how dominant that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Why did I know that by heart? It's perfect. Unbelievable. I'm not sure if I'm jumping ahead, but this at this point I wrote, why does Carlisle turn people? Like, I get why he turned his wife, but why did he create a bunch of foster vampire children? The consensus seems to be that being a vampire is bad. 
all of them are like, I'm a monster. Uh, like Edward does not want to be a vampire. They're no. all like, we're damned to hell. And then I'm like, then why did he make all of these vampire children? I don't I don't know. I think it's like they kind of presented us. He's like, saving <laughs> why did their Carlisle lives? eternally damn these children? <laughs> I think he, it's presented as him like saving their lives. It is presented that way. But the consensus is that they're That's monsters bad. and they don't want to be yeah, like this. Yeah, that he would rather she die than be like him. So why is Carlisle doing this to them? That's my question. I don't know. Then we get the line, we think of ourselves as vegetarians. We only survive on the blood of animals, which is the opposite of vegetarianism. Correct. And then I wrote my favorite question I wrote for myself. Just with no punctuation, I just wrote, why do the vampires need jackets? (laughs) <laughs> I it's to cover their skin. No, because they wear long sleeves. But Don't they're all cover. out there wearing like pea coats and shit, like <laughs> like normal Washington wear, even when no one else is around. The drama. Yeah, I think pea coats are very dramatic pieces of clothing. I love them. I love it. So then they're together. They mm-hmm. arrive at school. Edward has suddenly turned into like some combination of Danny Zuko and season one Steve Harrington. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At some point in here, we find out that everyone in the story loves baseball because Jacob and his dad come to watch a Mariners game. Correct. Her mom is dating a minor league baseball player. Correct. And we're about to find out that the Cullens love baseball, right? Yeah. It's the American pastime. This is the point where the Wikipedia plot summary says they fall in love and Edward (laughs) introduces Bella to his vampire family. It skips so much. I have one note about this Mm -hmm. scene, which is... Why is their house mostly windows? I also wonder if their whole thing is they don't like being in the sun because of their sparkles. I don't know. I agree. I don't understand. Carlisle Cullen, the family patriarch, is a doctor at the Forks Hospital, which we knew. Mm -hmm. And then Esme is Carlisle's wife and the family matriarch. Mm -hmm. And then I had to put a note in here because several months ago I forgot her name (laughs) and I accidentally convinced myself that it was Leslie. (laughs) And then I accidentally convinced everyone around me that her name was Leslie. I call her Leslie Because no one can remember what her actual name is. There's also two Leslies because I don't know the difference between (laughs) Esme and Renee. Yeah, Yeah, they're both Leslie. Me, Me too. Okay, are we at Alice, Jasper, Emma, and Rosalie? Are their informally adopted children? And the family's reaction to Bella is mixed, concerned that the family's secret could be exposed. Mm -hmm. Rosalie breaks, shatters a glass bowl for the drama. Where is that door in his room supposed to go, architecturally? There's no, like, patio out there. Outside. But it just goes out to, like, a 30-foot drop. Yeah, he's a vampire. But they didn't build the house. They probably put that door in, like, a dog door. Why do they have a kitchen? Drama. (laughs) Um, I think because they need to have like a normal person house just in case someone comes in and they could be like, ooh, cooking. Mm." Uh, But what about the door to the the sky? They can be like, uh, it's, what is that called where they all go in? Escher. An Escher. An MC Escher house. At this point, Andy pointed out that uh, Edward's room looks like Cameron's dad's garage from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) Because it's just like a room of windows with like nothing in it. Oh, that's so good. Then this is where she turns on his stereo and he's like, it's Debussy. And it's Claire de Lune, which gets me because it's basically like if if you if it's like it's like if you turned on the thing and it, I was like, it's Nirvana. And it was like, it's it's a little thing called Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's the musical version of him saying the square root of pi. Yeah, and her going, you're right. The square root of pi. Like, sh- it's Listen Claire de Lune. Listen to Debussy's pre- preludes <laughs> and then fucking talk to me. Listen to his pre-Claire de Lune work. fucking 110-year-old man dating a 17-year-old child. (laughs) Yeah, not impressed. 
She says, I can't dance. He says, I could make you. We love a threat. We love a threat. Um, at this point, we get my least favorite line in the film, yeah. which is, you better hold on tight, spider monkey. That's in like top three for me. Hate it. I love the affectionate monkey talk because later, Rosalie, when Emmett <laughs> goes into a tree, she's like, my monkey man. My monkey man. Like what? Hate it. They run around in the forest. Uh-huh. Do you have any notes about that no. before we move on? Okay. Then we get to the point. <laughs> this is the point at which we discover that the Twilight theme is diegetic and is being played by Edward next to a fog machine in a location that can only be described as, as her subconscious. Like, I have no idea where There's this takes no way place. It's real. We never see the room again. But uh, Robert Pattinson is playing the piano. Yes. I knew that from when I was 13. An hour and 13 minutes into this movie. They kiss. Oh, yeah. And it's implied that it's their first kiss. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten to, you're my life, before their first kiss. Yeah. As it should be. <laughs> because of morality. I also wrote, I feel like our Pats's one goal in this movie was for every single frame to be a good photo of him. Mm. He's never not giving face. He looks good. Every second of the film, he's like... He lo- Here's the thing. It When I was like 16 or whatever when this came out, or 18, how old Oh my were God. We? Yeah, I was, like, I was like... He was the hottest man. I think we're their age. I think Kristen Stewart's like a year older than me, which would make her like two, old, two years older than you. So I was probably 17 and you were probably 16. That's impossible. Okay. I feel like I was 14. Oh, maybe I read the books when I was yes. 14. Okay. Okay. Mike calls her Arizona after they've been friends for a year and then gives an, a correct assessment of Edward, which is that he's creepy. Mm-hmm. This is where I get mad about the timeline. The timeline of this, she starts school in the middle of the semester. Mm-hmm. The, the internet says it's in January. I thought she said March, but I'm going to assume I was wrong. January is not the middle of the semester, but that's fine. As soon as she gets there, everyone's asking her to prom. Correct. Despite the fact that prom usually isn't until like May. Correct. But let's just say prom is in March because maybe it could be in like a spring. Maybe it could be like a spring formal kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Then her mom's boyfriend is in spring training, right? Mm-hmm. Did they not move because her mom's boyfriend's career takes them on the road a lot? His Here's... minor league baseball career? Yeah. Okay. The minor league baseball season is from June to like September. Do you think? No, listen. <laughs> I'm serious about this. Okay. Then at this point in the story... They're at spring training, right? Mm-hmm. Which is in March. Mm-hmm. Where is spring training for all the teams? That, Phoenix. <gasps> no. Yeah. Remember I had that boyfriend who would always I miss do my birthday because he had I to go to spring training to in Arizona? I was trying to remember where it was. Yes. So all of the teams do spring training in Arizona. So if this is, in fact, taking place from January to March, he's it's not the season when they make her move. Correct. And then in March, when this part of the story takes place, they're just in Phoenix doing spring training. Also, here's another fundamental question. Why does being a minor league baseball player take you on the road? Because Wouldn't they, you just move? No, no, no. They go play in different cities Not all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, every time there's a Dodger game here, there's another team from a different city playing here. And then they just go somewhere else? Yeah. It's like every week is like that. That's how professional sports work. What a terrible job. I know. And they're tired all the time? Yes. Um, not for me. Not I would never. Me. Even if they ask me. Okay, we have six minutes, so we got to get through this because we're not even at baseball yet. Like the oh actual baseball yet. At this point, we find out that Edward likes to watch her sleep because it's fascinating to him, despite the fact that he was a person before. Okay. All I can do is shake my head. <laughs> I just like, he drives me nuts. 
Um, and then they just do an MOS montage instead of an, any actual relationship building. They're just like, and then they fell in love. Like they yada, 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 like the, the whole critical, most yeah. critical part. To be fair, so does the book. Okay. There's yeah. no. That's on Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. There's like no scenes in the book yeah. where like it's just relationship building. Yeah. I think they got all the main relationship building plot points from the book into the movie. Yeah. It, once again, it's not the fault of the film. Absolutely not. I like that she brings her dad more beer while he's cleaning his gun. I love that. Chief Swan. Like a swan in a police hat. <laughs> okay. So this, like, the way that Wikipedia wrote these plot points is terrible. Okay. I think <laughs> we should just read it out and then we can go in with our version mm-hmm. of the plot. Here's what Wikipedia said. Edward and Bella's relationship is jeopardized when three nomadic vampires, James, Victoria, and Laurent, arrive in the Forks area and are responsible for a series of deaths being investigated as animal attacks. That is two-thirds of the film. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just trying to summarize like the, yeah. the B-plot. James, uh, okay, now we can get to your favorite part of the film. <laughs> Yay. Uh, this is the point at which I wrote, I, I wrote into our summary, baseball happens. <laughs> and then she wrote, brackets i wrote this (laughs) so that you would know that this wasn't wikipedia yes i wrote is baseball the only sport that stephanie meyer knows about i think so yes i love that they can only play baseball during a thunderstorm because they're literally like in the dark divide they're in like seventy six thousand acres of untouched wilderness but they're like it's gonna be a little loud when i hit this normal baseball with a normal bat and they both will survive yeah (laughs) i'm sorry none of that equipment broke yeah you're hitting a baseball so hard yeah. that it's breaking the sound barrier yeah. and your tiny little wooden bat and the normal human ball don't immediately explode. Yeah. This is where I don't buy it. <laughs> this Vampires, is where the physics, where the, the physics goes off the rails for you. This is where they lost me. Yeah. Um, I love the implication that they've had these baseball hats since 1904. Is that why they don't fit on their Yeah, because they're old-timey baseball hats. They're all wearing them like... Yeah, well, <laughs> Rosalie is just wearing hers like that because she has like perched a, on her, her wig. Hairs. Yeah, but um, the the hats are old timey. I love like that. as if they've had they're like their child they're their own real childhood baseball hats from like 1930. It's so I cute. It. Genuinely, that's a good touch. I wrote miraculously. This did make me kind of want to play baseball. <laughs> yeah, I wrote My monkey man. Carlisle playing baseball in a scarf is impeccable branding. Unbelievable. Carlisle might be the best part of this film. He's up there. Yeah. Wait, it's Charlie is the best, but Carlisle's up there for me, Carlisle's too. Carlisle's up there. Um, at this point, I turned on the subtitles, and <laughs> when the other vampires show up, the subtitles say, ominous rock music playing. Oh, yes. So there's an exchange in this scene. The sexy vampires are like, meh, 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 and the colorants are like, what? Yeah. And then they, like, agree to play baseball together, because apparently the sexy vampires also love baseball. And Victoria goes... I'm the one with the wicked curveball. And Emmett goes, I think we can handle that. And then Laurent, genuinely with the most joy I've ever seen, goes, Ooh. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> He's like so excited to play baseball, him. which is why I get sad when they ruin it for him. Yeah. Why does Edward even stay there with her? Like, why don't they just go super fast? And they first of all, they run. When they do go to the Jeep, they run like mm-hmm. people. Why doesn't he just super fast her away? I thought about this a lot. I really thought about this so much. Like when they see them walking out, why isn't he just like, I think because it's suspicious. How are they going to know? 
I because they don't even know she's human until the fan starts blowing. So how are they going to notice if there's like a group of people on a baseball field and when they get there, there's like one or one or two less? I feel like if I was a sexy vampire and I was going to play like intimidate these vampires playing baseball and then all of a sudden one of them picks the other one up onto their back and just like runs away. He moves away. faster than the speed of light. So do they. But that doesn't mean they can see him moving faster than the speed of light. Oh, no, no. We're not going to like get into the physics. <laughs> <laughs> if the baseball bat doesn't break, then we're not talking about whether we can see something moving as fast as the speed of light. Okay. But I don't know. I, I thought a lot about it, and I don't have an explanation. So at this point, James decides that he's going to eat Bella if it's the last thing he does. Mm -hmm. And the Cullens come together to do like a, what I kind of think is like a ripoff, less cool version of when everyone drinks polyjuice potion and turns into Harry mm -hmm. in Deathly Hallows, and they all fly off in different directions. Mm -hmm. They do that, but worse. Mm -hmm. As they drive away, she sees her best friends coming out of the diner and, quote, melancholy theme plays. <laughs> Another great acting moment from Anna Kendrick mm -hmm. in this moment. Mm -hmm. So, and an interesting thing that maybe I just watched him at TV, but she goes, they like get in a fight about whether she should go get Charlie or not, or mm -hmm. like tell him. And eventually she wins. Mm -hmm. She goes to Charlie does some pretty mean things to get him to think she's leaving. Yeah, she did him dirty. But one of the things that I don't understand is she very loudly, knowing that a cunning vampire is tracking her, she goes, I'm just going to go to Phoenix, which at first I was like, that's brilliant mm -hmm. because then she won't go to yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, for sure. And then she goes to Phoenix. Yeah. Going to Phoenix at all is dumb because you're just leading them to your mom, right? Like, And also, that would be the first place he would yes. look. Because right. she's very famously from Phoenix. Right. That's her whole personality. It's her whole personality. Unbelievable. Jasper and Alice take Bella to a hotel in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Where they don't hide from the sun at all. And they sit Not in the window all. and in the... sun-soaked mm -hmm. suite is how <laughs> I would describe it. <laughs> Correct. Um, James, the sexy vampire who's trying to eat her, lures her to her old ballet studio. Why can we see his reflection? I don't think that is the kind of vampire lore. I don't think that's part of the Twilight lore. But in the next movie, when she has that dream about him, he, she can't see his reflection. And she's old in the mirror. Interesting, because the whole fucking plot of the last act of this movie is that he's in mirrors. I know. Unbelievable. And then when he smashes Edward's head, Edward is also visible in the mirror. All I'll say is that what we do in the shadows is impeccably well done. Mm -hmm, it's true. I feel Here's like the they thing. watched Twilight and they were like, we can do better than that. I don't have an issue with that being the lore, but you need to ask and answer it. Because everyone's going to expect that. Like, it would be great if Ed, if she was like, why can I see you or something? Yeah. And he was like, He's babe, like, this is reality. It's not like a fairy tale or whatever. That would be like amazing. some dumb line. Yeah. But just don't just do two different things in two different movies. And you can say in the second movie that is her dream. So maybe it's like her subconscious perception of vampires. I don't buy it. No. Then James has the weirdest line I've ever heard, which is, his rage will make for more interesting sport than his feeble attempt to protect you, which is the longest way of saying nothing I've ever heard in my entire life. How does James know all about her and Edward? 
<laughs> like in that scene, he's like, oh, and your little relationship. And and when he said he loved you and blah, blah. And I'm like, I feel like it's maybe like television psychic where he just like takes generic things from a relationship mm-hmm. and like says them because yeah. in his defense, nothing has happened in their relationship. Yeah, so right. he could just be like, oh, and you looked each other in the <laughs> eyes and he said he loved you. And she could be like, how did you know all of that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. James lures Bella into a trap at an old ballet studio. He attacks her, infecting her with vampire venom. Edward arrives and, after a ferocious battle, subdues James just as the other Cullens arrive. Alice, Emmett, and Jasper kill James, decapitating and burning him in a pretty visceral move. I love that Carlisle's like, don't do this. Remember who you are. Okay, kids, go decapitate that guy. Yeah, and also... Like, why can't Edward do it? But, like, Alice... And then Alice breaks his neck and, like, rips his head off. But I just love that Carlisle's like, this is not who you are. It's who those guys are. (laughs) My other children (laughs) who are one year older than you. Edward's the baby. Only because he doesn't have an incest relationship yet. So, Alice, Emmett, and Jasper kill James, decapitating and burning him as Edward removes the venom from Bella's wrist. Why can't Carlisle do it? Why does Edward have to do it? Edward's not able to do it. Like, he almost kills her. But Carlisle is very well-trained, so why doesn't Carlisle do it? I have no idea. For drama. At this point, it says bluesy pop ballad playing. (laughs) (laughs) So Edward removes the venom from Bella's wrist, preventing her from becoming a vampire. In the aftermath, she has suffered a broken leg and is hospitalized. Why are there tubes on her eyes in the close-up and not in the medium (laughs) shot? (laughs) I wrote, there is an extreme close-up showing Bella waking up and the tubes from her oxygen are in her eyeballs. (laughs) And I don't understand why. And then later I added, and also in other shots in the scene, it is like this. And it's so weird. Whose fault is that? But yeah, there's somewhere they're in her eyeballs Mm -hmm. and somewhere they're normal. Mm -hmm. Who didn't fix that? Unbelievable. That's all I have to say about the hospital. Mm -hmm, Me too. I do. um, I know it's canon that they burned down the ballet studio. But did anybody ever find, like, the charred remains of that adult man? Just the charred, dismembered remains of that adult man? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think about that. Like, they just left a body in there. Yeah. Maybe vampire. Well, vampires turn to dust. Okay. I think. Okay. Upon returning to Forks, Edward accompanies Bella to the high school prom, where he refuses her request to transform him, transform her into a vampire. I wrote, there's nothing more 2000s than a layered ruffle dress Mm -hmm. with footless lace leggings and prom verse, Mm -hmm. prom converse. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I like that there's, they're not playing music in the dancing scene when they're dancing. And so the couple behind them is slow dancing, but a couple waltzes in front of the camera. (laughs) They also both leave. Yeah. And it's like, I can see the PA being like, go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Because I they look at the PA yeah, <laughs> and then good. leave. Um I would be fucking furious if he refused to turn me into a fucking vampire. Yeah. Because she's like, I'm already dying, which is a kind of powerful line. I love that. I'm already dying. So what? I'm gonna like grow old and die, and you're just gonna stay the same age. And he's like, Yeah. And I wrote, is he only going to be into her until she's 25 and then he'll move Mm -hmm. on? 
is Leonardo DiCaprio a vampire? Mm-hmm. It's fucked up because it implies that, like, you're just a blip on his timeline. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's fucked up. It is. It's also the only thing she's ever consented to. And he won't do it. Like, <laughs> he won't meet her there. But, like, anytime she's, like, stop doing that or whatever or, like, doesn't have any kind of consent, he's just, like, there. It's the most eternal version of being, like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Yeah. I I think it's, it's so, so fucked up. Genuinely. They are unaware that James's mate, Victoria, is secretly watching them, plotting revenge for her lover's death. Why did she sneak into prom? Ira. Victoria is inexplicably also dressed for the prom. <laughs> she clearly snuck into prom. Well, she's in a building overlooking prom. It's the, sa- it's the building that prom is in. And she's also in one of the early scenes when they first walk in. She's actually visible in the background oh, dancing. see, I thought, so it's like gazebo walkway into the building. Mm-hmm. I thought she was opposite the building. No, she's upstairs in the building. Oh. And she's visible earlier on. So she did, it's canon that she snuck into prom. But my question is why? Drama. It's such a dramatic thing to do. I know, but she, she also, it's not oh, like no. she attacks them while she's there. So she's like, why? I think she loves dressing up. Let, listen, that's fair. I would do it. If I was, like, getting revenge for my sexy vampire lover and the other 300-year-old vampire was going to prom, I would do it. It just feels conspicuous. Like, why would you out yourself like that? (laughs) For the drama. (laughs) I would do it. At some point, for the drama just isn't enough for me, story-wise. We're just getting to the end of the first film. (laughs) That's going to have to carry you through, I think, for at least another film. (sighs) Okay. I finished my notes with Victoria has a very, very complicated and beautiful updo. And as she rounds the corner from the window, she just rips it out for the drama. And I love her. And she's my favorite character in this film. And I can't wait to see more of her. We love that. We did it. Those are my thoughts about Twilight. I still don't understand why Eric is an important character, but that's fine. Because he's part of the prama. The prom drama. Yeah, I, yeah, I get <laughs> I got it. <laughs> but being part of the prama, I don't think is enough to justify. We'll just have to agree to disagree. It's fair. I love him. I would not like that movie if he wasn't in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fair. Strong words. Well, I mean it. I know. All right. That was. That's Twilight One. That's Twilight One. <laughs> Come back. For the second one. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next well, week. Well, I guess the week after next, but yeah. yeah. For Twilight 2, Too New to Moon. <laughs> I'm so excited. If you listened or watched, thanks for listening yeah. or watching. Thanks for sticking by us in this trying time. <laughs> Definitely watch New in Moon. In these unprecedented times, <laughs> it's important for us to all watch a little more Twilight. I agree. So our next episode will be New Moon. I recommend doing the required reading. Yeah. And or watching. I'm not reading it. Okay. But I'll watch it. I might read it. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to read it unless you want to. I'm just committed to this podcast. Yeah. No, I'm talking to listeners. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in your lane. Buckle the buck up. Immortal smooches. Not, though. (laughs) Not for Bella. Not for Bella. Only for Edward. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. 
Goodbye. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.